Hello and welcome to the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hunt. In today's episode, we will be taking a deep dive into the almost brilliant catastrophe that is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. In this episode, we are joined for the first time by our frequent collaborator and good friend, Mr. Reggie Wilder. second place for me for the prequels i think that it is a movie that is showered in potential and it misses the bar which happens to the best of us we all have dreams and fall short dreams are crushed frequently (laughs) (laughs) they are and jar jar binks stamps upon them and turns them to icky icky goo (laughs) Like when you when he hits you with the poo joke, that's when you, that's when you know like you're just like I'm all about the story, yeah. and he doesn't give a fuck about the dialogue. <laughs> Not just... even kind of. Um, and the only reason why I agree with you, um, why Phantom Menace is second for the prequels is because how dog shit fucking <laughs> the second movie was. But we'll get that. We'll, we'll get that to the later. Yeah, but I do agree with you. It's very. It, it's it's. For what the prequels are, it's a it's a good second place in the fact that it gives us one of the best fight scenes. I think we can all agree that's one of the best. I fight scenes. so I'm gonna I'm gonna go seen. hardcore as I think Duel of the Fates between Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Darth Maul is hardcore my favorite Star Wars duel. And period. I can't like this. I can't disagree with you on that mm-hmm. because like there's. Like, you can say, like, the originals had more, like, because of the story and everything, it had more, like, emotion, it had, like, uh, like, uh, better feel to a piece that you like the characters so much. But, like, I don't know, like, it, what? I'm just, I'm just looking at the boss nasty. <laughs> <laughs> that will come fast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, back to your point. No, back to it's, point. It's, it, 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 you, but like the choreography that went into the it's, Phantom it's, Menace fight, is, the Dual Fates fight, is, is just like ingenious and oh, it's amazing. It's the the unveil of the double sided lightsaber is absolutely incredible. I was talking about this with uh, one of my friends earlier today, 
He's talking about the spinning lightsabers that the Inquisitors use. I don't know if you've seen them at Target. I've seen. I've actually seen like episode, like like scenes from like Rebels and stuff I've like seen that. Bits and pieces, but it's, it's it's the spinning lightsaber from the Inquisitors. I don't like it. I, no one likes it, and they they've done. And the big argument is that hopefully they'll do away with that in the new stuff, especially the Obi Wan series, which was. You know the big trailer dropped today. We got some of the teasers and the artwork. I mean, it it wasn't like like just like like a tangent. It wasn't that good. Like it was nothing. It wasn't a trailer. It was just like it uh, was it was Gil McGregor and then yeah. Deborah Chow like just yeah saying stuff. I, yeah, like it wasn't. Yeah. It was. I I don't think it was particularly much of it. No, but, it wasn't. Um, point being though that the 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 Rebels TV show had the spinning lightsabers and they tried to introduce it with the same like fur and like intensity and like hoping for the same reaction that we get when Darth Maul opens up the second end of his lightsaber and it's not even fucking close and it it, it, re- it really isn't because like it isn't like when he first fights Qui-Gon Jinn he's fighting with only one side he's, of the lightsaber he's fighting with one which long is the, lightsaber one long lightsaber <laughs> and then like as you see him like when it, the doors open you see Darth Maul mm-hmm. and he's just like Boom, boom, the <laughs> two sides. Yep. It like it literally like I like I sh- like shiver to this sh- day. I, I get chills. It. Yeah. I've because watched of it. how much I love that scene. I've watched it ten thousand times. It still like genuinely gets me. It is so awesome in that moment. And then Quiet is just like, we'll handle this. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine coming from you know, waiting whatever it was, 10, 15 years from uh Return of the Jedi to Phantom Menace. And you have only thought of single-sided lightsabers your entire life. And somebody unveils, like, oh my god, this whole other dimension of lightsaber dueling. Yeah. It's incredible. I I would argue that even Qui-Gon and Maul's first fight in the movie is also fantastic. Well, it's because it's, like, the first, like, like, like duel you see since Return of the Jedi, which is just insane. I would love to be transported back to, like, 1999 to be both, like astounded and just totally displeased by the, <laughs> by the movie. Can we get into the specific horribleness yeah, of the movies we, we haven't have, yet? We, We've given it too much credit right yeah, now. But we're giving the greatest possible credit to the greatest moment, which is that entire lightsaber battle was incredible. Incredible. The, the issue, ending of it was, yes. was, it was also fantastic, too. Oh, the ending of the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan with the cut and maul in half. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Just the Padawan just, like, yeah. overtaking, like, it this, is, like, yeah. legit Darth Lord that, you, that hasn't been seen in centuries, yep. basically. And which is just mind-boggling. It's, um, what I've heard for, you know, another point in the favor of why it is, um, pretty solid is Darth Maul. And I should probably say that I haven't watched enough of the Clone Wars TV show to really get into Maul's story. I know he obviously isn't dead, and he comes back and uh, gets killed by Obi-Wan. But I I love Darth Maul as a villain. And just within the bounds of Phantom Menace alone, this dark Sith assassin who's shrouded in mystery, who has this badass deep voice... And he barely speaks, he barely talks. And what I had heard that Lucas did for a concept for Darth Maul is he literally said, I took every uh, like possible recreation of the devil that any society has ever had. And there are different versions of Hades and all of that, and I compiled it into one 
person who has this red and black face and horns and these like devilish tattoos and he's got a double-sided lightsaber he's an assassin more than he's a sith itself it's incredible he's terrifying if you if you actually look at like the detail that you see with Darth Maul he's a terrifying figure and it, it and it's just like i i don't know it just makes me think that like George Lucas like nailed both, both. I think he. I think for the prequels, he nailed almost every like villain in the prequels, in my opinion. Besides General Grievous, which I I will get into later. Later. I I, I think he did a good job on Grievous. So we'll we'll definitely get into that. Later. He he. But I will say also with the villains, he nailed every villain. I agree. But he didn't make it like comp- He didn't make it. He nailed the villain's backstory and their character themselves. He did not give them a good arc. Arc, it, like exactly mm-hmm. the good ending that we all deserved. Yes. It took like shows to make mm-hmm. Darth Maul like more satisfying for mm-hmm. us. Which like, if you're just a movie, uh, uh, movie watcher mm-hmm. uh, here, like you're not gonna know anything about Maul's like other like plots. Like he survived and his you, brother and, and his brother and all that stuff. And I <laughs> like I only watched a little bit of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He's really good in it though. Yeah. Like he makes it like he makes the Star Wars universe much more like like diverse and like much more like he makes more storylines go and it's mm-hmm. it, he's 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 re- he's a really great character, and it was just it was sad to see him not in more movies, basically. I and I agree, and that's probably going to be my biggest criticism of Phantom Menace is that you introduce these amazing characters, and then you don't really full scale continue with them. Darth Maul probably should have been the continuing villain at least until Clone Wars. And it's the same, and I'm going to flip it and do the exact same criticism on the good side. Qui-Gon Jinn, and I will state it now, here and clear for everyone, Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite Jedi ever. Period. I would only argue it because he created the best uh, Jedi ever, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> that, that I, it's, it's just that is like set in stone. Everyone loves Obi-Wan Kenobi. No one... I have never met a person that's just like Obi-Wan Kenobi is not a good character. He is he is like probably throughout it's it goes either him or Han Solo the most beloved characters throughout the entire series. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Um, I just my I love Qui-Gon and I will reason- His character is amazing. Yeah, and my my argument is uh, Phantom Menace really they they didn't do a good job with developing Qui-Gon in any way, shape, or form. He's, you know, it's all this vague nonsense where he, uh, George Lucas in the prequels is king of introducing these really grand, profound ideas and then not backing them up or developing <gasps> And Qui-Gon's one of these characters, and he gets developed in the EU a lot and more broadened, but his whole idea is that Qui-Gon's the rebel. Qui-Gon is the one who understands that the Jedi Council is not going in the direction that the Force wills them to go. They're getting too corrupted by politics. And Yoda realizes this retroactively after the Jedi fall. Yes, like, and, like that's why he goes to Dagobah and he recollects everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why he makes such a good teacher for Luke. Yep. Because he, like, recognizes his mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like that, that's like, that's the one part, and uh, I'm going on a tangent right now, mm-hmm. in the... Uh, uh, eighth movie. I know, like we're not, we're not gonna talk about the sequels in this podcast they because happen. they don't happen. 
However, there's one part, there's the part where Yoda appears as a ghost to Luke and says that, like, we are here so that they can do better, basically. So that mm-hmm. uh, our predecessors, our successors can do better than us. Mm-hmm. To Luke. I will say, when he giggles his little puppet ass off and is, like, slapping his knees as the tree It's fell, the greatest part of the entire I would say it's the best part of the prequels. And, I mean, not the prequels. It's the best part of the, the, the sequels. succeeding sequels. Yes. Yeah. Um, Going back, though, I completely agree with you that Qui-Gon, like, Jin's character should have been explored more mm-hmm. and like but like his death was kind of necessary his it, death was necessary but i think that they should have brought qui-gon into clone wars i think qui-gon definitely should have lasted you can have qui-gon be excuse me you can have qui-gon be anakin's original master for the first year or two of his training and then it gets to clone wars and then he's killed and he has that interrupted training and Obi-Wan is much more go with the Jedi Council type of Jedi, and he goes with the true word of the Jedi Council. I think it's harder if you do it that way, though. How so? Because if Qui-Gon is uh, any, in any way Anakin's master, for even a little bit, Anakin's not going to go to the dark side. Like, it's, it's, been, it's been stated over and over again. If Qui-Gon was, like, Anakin's master... Like, he would not have ever gone to the dark side. Yeah, and I love that concept. It's, but it's yeah. not proven enough within the bounds of the movies. And that's why I think it would I mean, be... it could, yeah, everything can always be... And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, prob- it should have been... Uh, Qui-Gon should have been into the beginning of the homework. How awesome would it have been if, uh, you know, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have to fight uh, Maul and Dooku at the same time? I think I would literally cut my pants if that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, like it, exactly. it, would, it would literally be... Because I can imagine Qui-Gon Jinn and Count uh, uh, Dooku just absolutely battling it out. Yeah. It would, it would, it you would, have this ultimate acrobatic fighter with a double-sided lightsaber, and then you have this fencer that comes in. It would be amazing. Who wins, Count Dooku or Darth Maul? Between the fight, between the two of them? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say Dooku because Dooku. I'm also gonna say Dooku. I'm also gonna say Dooku. But if you're if you're wiping out the power of the Force and you're just having a fight between the two of each other, it might be Maul. But I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say so just because like Count Dooku was like always known for like his like lightsaber dueling skills basically. Yeah, but he's got a the whole other layer is the other side of the lightsaber, and that's not a common thing. That's true. So it's not something he's necessarily gonna train against. That's true. I, 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 Though he does have years and wisdom of fighting. So, yeah, uh, that's true, too. But yeah. him in his prime versus Maul in his prime? I don't know. I don't have a straight answer. That's fair. Um, but getting back to Phantom Menace, um, let's talk about the, some, some of the things that we absolutely hate about the movie. <laughs> let's, let's start with the first alien race that, like, is just, like, wildly offensive. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, uh, uh, it is the Trade Federation. It uh, was Newt Gunray and the Nemoidians. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot <laughs> apologize more for mistakes that other people made in greenlighting these characters. Because, holy shit, they are bad. They are no match for the droid because they are breaking through. <laughs> this is not okay. This is not okay, George. 
I'm not okay with this. I'm really, I'm just really embarrassed, right? Like, I, I feel uncomfortable watching it those scenes. But it's also, it's something But that, it's also hysterical. Uh, it's something that my, uh, like, my dad pointed out and was like, oh, yeah, we all knew this in 98 when it came out. He's like, we just thought it was, like, mildly entertaining then. We didn't think much of it. And he's like, but the fact that they knew then oh. that this was, like, kind of not okay 22 years ago, 23 years ago... That, like, come on. You, you, you gotta be, you, you have to be better than that than just to create, like, a like a completely stereotypical, like, uh, race of aliens that, like, have, like, just the most, stere- like, it, it, the traits that are involved with this alien race are so profoundly, <laughs> like, Asian. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it is. <laughs> I'm bl- gonna say it, it straight up. Yeah, it's blatantly racist. It's just, like, comically so. Where it's just one of those, like, he somehow sidestepped that in the three movies preceding this and created fantastic characters of, like, diverse backgrounds, diverse races, diverse planets, all this. You made great villains that were aliens, you made great heroes that were aliens, all this stuff. And then just in the prequels, he takes a giant step back. And it's fascinating that he does it. That being said... I love Nuka. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's, he's, he's not the most... because he's racist. No, no. Because he's a coward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he's just the scum of the earth, politician, leader of like the Trade Federation, which I, I can imagine. I don't know the lore of the Trade Federation that much, but I can imagine they're very wealthy, very <laughs> very pompous. It would be uh, really funny so, if they're known for being poor, but they just call out the name like Trade Federation to fool <laughs> everyone. They just fake out everyone. Yeah, they just, they're just they're really good at making it's droids. It's a total bluff. Yeah, <laughs> they're just really good at mechanics. They can they can make droids like a motherfucker. That's yeah, how they exactly. got they got bingo. that armada. Bingo, bango, bongo, my friend. <laughs> that is Nemoidian one hundred and one. They really like they they sent a lot of droids in the boot. A they, very peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> like some might say an excessive amount. Like they ripped apart that planet. Uh, let's bring up one of my favorite lines, because, uh, obviously, this is a very good point that you're making, that they sent in way too many droids. <laughs> you, you know what one of the favorite lines from, it's either Newt Gunray or one of the other Neboidians on the ship? Uh, they must be dead now from the gas. <laughs> Destroy what is left of them. What? <laughs> Go shoot the dead body a couple of times for some double tap? Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Just like, like, just leave the room. Like, yeah. leave it for hours. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Who cares about them? Just leave them. Like, like you can just, like, I also... Don't take the chance. I think it's hysterical, the idea is that they got this ready to go. This is, like, this is all part of the, the trade negotiations game. Like, they've done this before. Yeah. Oh, they got oh, yeah. murdered. Like, like somebody just before. wandered in and was like, I want an extra 2%. And they were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just press a button. <laughs> like, it's Duke a Gunray. big red button that says gas. Duke Gunray is just looking from a camera. He's, he always starts out the dealings if it doesn't go as well. Like, he sends the droid automatically to dealings. Like, it's not even, he never faces the person at first. And he just, like, sees how it goes with the droid. See, like, hears their conversation with each other. And if he doesn't want to deal, just like presses just like nah button 
Uh, I love him. I really do. Like he's such a he's such a scum. It's crazy how much like it, it's a running theme with with George. Like he loves creating cowards as villains. I yeah I kinda, I I enjoy that. I feel like um, I don't enjoy it because he did it too much. I don't know. New Gunray is a good coward. He's a good yeah, character to be I think coward. He's a great character. You know who's not a good char- character to be uh, coward? I will mention it again. I just uh, a tangent again. General Grievous. We're gonna get into Grievous later. Let's. Well, it makes me so yeah, angry though. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's pragmatist. But we'll we'll get into that. Fair. All right. So uh, next up, we get the invasion of Naboo. Um, Excessive. <laughs> totally. But like I said, it's clearly a habit of theirs. <laughs> Destroy what is left of them. Yeah. Like you know, go blow up everything that could ever possibly be. What a move by Palpatine, too. Like, that's his home world, and he doesn't give a fuck about that's it. That's actually true. I never even thought of that. What? what? He, he was just like, alright, I'll just start this yeah, whole I know what our infrastructure is like. Yeah, just burn it to the ground. Yeah. I know every all the ins and outs. I'm this fucking senator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I got everything. You get invaded in seconds. It's Once easy. again, absurd. They didn't know that uh, Palpatine was the bad guy. He is... Very evil. He's, he's very He's evil. an evil-looking dude. I love... Uh, his, what's his name? Ian... Um, Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. I love him as an actor. I love the guy. He is an evil... He's an he evil-looking dude. Yeah, everything about him screams, I'm trying to screw you over. <laughs> but he just plays the role well. He does. He does. He, he, he was pretty... He, he, was, he was a great actor in it, actually. I actually liked him in Family I, I think he was good in Family I think I uh, he overacted in episode three, but I think he needed to. When you were younger, did you know that he was a villain? No, I remember it was a huge reveal. Yeah. I found out because it was KB Toys had in the window Emperor Palpatine, and you could change. I think it was he had two faces. Yeah, in his head I never. I, I I was about to say I, mm-hmm. I thought I was the only idiot that was mm-hmm. like I was surprised in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I, so uh, like yeah. I guess he he fooled a, a like a eight year old. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably good enough. I think everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, the politician that's like, I want all the power. <laughs> probably the bad guy. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, I thought, I thought, yeah, then no, big, big time power move is uh, Palpatine invading his own land. Uh, we get introduced to uh, Jar Jar Banks, the most reviled Star Wars character in Star Wars history. Yes, but. Yes. He has some of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my entire life. But they're not funny in the way they're intended to be. I know, <laughs> but that makes me even funnier. <laughs> I agree. It I just, agree. like, like looking back on it, it, like, Phantom Menace, I'm just gonna say this, is one of the greatest drunk movies I have ever seen in my entire life. I would argue it's only touched by Revenge of the Sith as a drink. I would agree with that. We're gonna get into Revenge of the Sith and yes. all that because of that. But it it like looking back on Jar Jar, the stupidity and cringiness of his lines mm-hmm. make them so quotable and so easy to laugh at. I would argue that I enjoy it now that Jar Jar is in the movies. Just because I know what Phantom Menace is now. I can imagine nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight, wherever mm-hmm. whenever it was created. I think it was I think it was, it was 98. It was 98? Yep. 98. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, that, like, it, it was. It must have been, like, just a f- such a fucking disappointment <laughs> for them. Like, looking at Jar Jar, just be like, oh my god. 
What is this? So, what do you think of the Darth Jar Jar theory? Oh, I hate it. I don't, I don't, I don't really care for it at all. I mean, like, it makes sense because, mm-hmm. like, he get, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he is the reason why Palpatine, mm-hmm. like, got control of the entire Senate, which, yeah. like, it makes sense for him to be, like, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, just an entire race of fucking idiots is a, and one of them is a secret dark lord. Seriously? I, so, if he was making the pivot from that character in Phantom Menace into being a Sith Lord in Clone Wars, I think would have been pretty cool. I think it would have been different, and I would have liked it, just because you were doing the exact same pivot, but in opposite, in Empire, where you had Yoda being this crazy puppet into suddenly he's the wise one. He's the like the greatest Jedi Master of them all. I think that would would may have been. Why was Jar Jar fucking exiled? Because he was clumsy. What was that? It was never. It was never explained. Uh, no, I think he accidentally like destroyed Boss Nass's ship. I looked into right. it recently. Yeah, just to no, it out. no, but it's like, not explained. No, no, yeah. it, it really isn't explained. But going on that like Darth Jar Jar like tangent a little bit. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of makes sense because why the fuck would he be like in the middle of like this like invasion? Mm-hmm. He's the only Gungan like there, yeah. And he by chance meets Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan. That's too much of a coincidence, some uh, yes. might say. Yeah, I I, I think there is just because he's clumsy. So like, and it, I could even see that George um, aborted the idea before he got to Clone Wars. Because it was hated because so much. Because he was so universally hated. I could see that being a thing. You know, like George R. R. Martin is going to change the series from the end of Game of Thrones. You're actually slowly working me towards liking it a little bit. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit because, like, I'm now thinking that it would kind of be like, you, like, this character is so hateable. Yeah. Why is he here? He actually doesn't really do that, that like, I, uh, that much. No, like, in the I Phantom think, Menace I was going to say, if... I, the change probably would have had to have been at the end of Phantom Menace. And I think that that would have been a bananas twist. And that probably would have been even better of an ending. Do you think he would have spoke normally? Yeah, I think that would have been I think you. I think he would have I been spoke normally, is, too. I think that would have been great. That would have been actually fantastic um, if he actually just, like, transitioned, like... He, like, comes up to, like, Palpatine and is, like, yeah. everything's going as planned, my lord. Like, he has this, like, actually awesome, yeah. like, English voice yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I stand by it. I think that would have been pretty cool. Where's Palpatine from? Naboo. Where's Jar Jar from? Naboo. Is it crazy? It's, it, 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 it's, 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 such, it's such a coincidence. Yeah. If you have a luminary from one race who senses the other, you know, that they... Yeah. Know, I, and, and you can sense, the, in like, it's, like... It's a it's no thing that like Jedi like can sense the force like within like other beings. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the whole thing is that um, Qui Gon was able to sense it within Anakin, pretty easily. Yeah, and then they found out their midichlorian caps. By the way, midichlorians like yeah. Got, got okay, to... is that is that the next point? That we're... I, I no, think... we should probably get in. Let's try and do a little bit linearly, and then let's get into yeah, boss nas and the Unabongo. <laughs> I yeah yeah uh, the excuse for George to just show off a cool his... underwater civilization though 
It's awesome. Uh, no, the Gungans? The fact that they live in those crazy bubbles? Yeah, I think that's um, pretty cool. I think, it's, I think it's one of the cooler concepts that comes across for any civilization in the prequels. It's really cool. And I don't even think that the Gungans are stupid, like, looking or anything along those lines. If you just make them not silly and have them as serious warriors and don't have their representative be Jar Jar, they'd be badass. They'd be pretty cool. Once you think about it, they've yeah. got like, you know, uh, what's them called? They've got their own, um, you know, weapon style. They've got their own uh, way of fighting and stuff. I think it would be cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, the I think the Unabongo itself was so cool as a kid. Like that little underwater that submarine little under- that had the spinning like tails that per- <laughs> made it move. I just... I just I love Boss Ness. Boss Ness would have been one of the funniest because he's as a freaking motorboating <laughs> Gungan titties the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying himself is what he is. He is enjoying himself. He would make a lady. He would make a lady very pleased. <laughs> he is a cool four hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Every other Gungan is very thin. He is sitting at the top of the pyramid. And he is enjoying his time. I now I I, I genuinely I think Boss Nass is hilarious. I think he has absolutely zero credence as any character in Star Wars ever. He's a waste of time, but he cracks me up. I there's no defense for like his plot points or anything. They could have been served by a dozen other characters. I yeah I I I agree, but like I don't know. His he was he was definitely meant again. Like, as most of the Gungans were, were meant for, like, just comedic relief, basically. And yeah. to move the plot along. And that's what, there are more developed Ewoks. I think, no. The Gungan and the Ewoks are literally the same. The Ewoks are just cuter. I would, I would say, I would, no, I would say the Gungans are more developed, if anything. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah. They are. But the Ewoks are cuter. Ewoks are better. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, but, like, Ewoks are better than the Gungans. They're cuter. I don't know. Better. Ewoks are amazing. Like, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to that. I'm They're not going to go on that. murderous cannibal teddy bears. Like, they are cannibals. I will, I will give you that. That was that was wild. That Han, Luke, and everyone, and Chewbacca were almost all eaten just because of uh, that. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, um, what are, what do we get to? So they're in the Unabongo and like they get to like the planet core. <laughs> the planet core. You must yeah, best do yeah. the planet. Core. Uh, it, it like I will say, it's a cool sequence. I like it. I it, it but it always the, the meme like there's always a bigger fish <laughs> like that. That's yeah. I, it, that that, that kind of like draws it back it's a little just, bit for me. It becomes campy, but like. It was cool. I like that idea of like, like these crazy fish monsters. We don't see a lot of that. I, I wish there was more. But I kid you not, there was like there was like a scene where they almost got caught by fish. They got eaten. The fish got eaten. Mm-hmm. There was like a cut to the same Unabongo driving, and uh, a fish was trying to get it, and then another fish got it. Like that was two scenes consecutively that were cut. Why? Just make it one scene. It's yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's just, George Lucas was so fascinated with the computer technology that had developed up until that time. I know, imagine. It's, yeah, it, he imagine was so happy with all it. of the toys that you were furiously oh. trying to show in your head. He wanted to show everything. Access, uh, 
It's why the re-releases are not great. And it's because he literally jams everything he possibly can into every single shot. And it's like, hey, we don't really need to see this Jawa falling off of this giant giraffe animal alien thing. Yeah. And it's he threw that in the back of a new hope because he could. Anyway. <laughs> we get out of the Unabongo. We get the Jedi on their mission. They rescue Padme. Um, pretty straightforward, aside from some pretty wooden dialogue that, um, the movie... Padme is pretty wooden, I'm not gonna lie. I think she's way better in Phantom Menace than she is in either of the other two movies. I think she's the best in Revenge of the Sith. No, I think she's way worse. Yikes. So love has blinded you? I mean, that's the dialogue. Annie, At least she shows You're breaking my heart! <laughs> we'll get to that. That is the dialogue that is not... Freaking Natalie Portman. I will fucking <laughs> I, die on that hill. <laughs> it was, it was I her. So. No, I think Natalie Portman's a good actor. She's shown that. She was wooden in, in Phantom Menace. I was going to say, she's shown that. Uh, and Natalie Portman is actually a good actress. She's shown that in Thor, and she's shown that in Annihilation, and I've never seen Black Swan, but apparently she was very good in Black Swan. The Young Professional is a good movie. Viva Vendetta is a very good movie, too. Viva Vendetta is a good movie. I yeah. haven't watched that in a long time. It's a very good movie. Um, Point being... I think that she was totally fine in Phantom Menace. She was, she was wooden, she was monotone, she was not good in it. I will defend that. She I, was better in Revenge of the Sith. She was sucked it. I mean, everything sucks about two. I'm not gonna, like, I, I will... I it's will. gonna be a really easy section where we're just like, two is awful. Two is awful, yes. Because uh, uh, Phantom Menace can be saved where um, Attack of the Clones can't. Can't. The, uh, Attack of the Clones literally has one good part. Completely different movie. Has one good part. I is it Jango Fett? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And the clones. The clones are also awesome. Yeah. I would even argue that the droids fighting the Jedi are pretty awesome. That was and cool. you know what I also thoroughly enjoyed is the uh, Anakin and Obi Wan fighting the pit animals. I thought that was like a really cool thing if you take it out of context and just watch that scene in itself. That's pretty cool. I mean, if you didn't have the bug people just going like, <laughs> that would be fucking great. I am here for it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Hilarious. Alright, go and on. And they're Genosians, not bug people. You're an alien racist. <laughs> they were, no, they were, they were led by Pablo Lesser, my hero. Stop that. <laughs> uh, the fact that you could pull the name out makes me feel better. Right. Yeah, Paul Lesser, Lesser is lit and is my goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving back. Moving to back Phantom to Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, we get uh, uh, all. We get, How cool is the spaceship that they leave? By the way, I think it's so freaking awesome. I think it's the coolest spaceship in the prequels, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Do you? I had it as a kid. Do you remember? You did. You had it as a kid. Yeah, I had. It was like a little miniature version of it. It was oh, awesome. I don't remember. It's so cool, dude! I That's, loved it so yeah, much. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. It had like an R two D two, like a like that you can flip up onto it. It was so cool. Oh I my god! I even know the name of the ship. It was just awesome. What is the name of it? I don't know. Oh, you don't? Know. I don't know. I think you said know. I even know the name. No, of I don't know. Um, I, I should because I just watched Phantom. Yeah, recently. it is a um, yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. I but, think. What were you gonna say? No, just my favorite toy when I was a kid. I had, um, I had the Emperor's Shovel 
from um, oh, that's a, Return of the Jedi. That's, yeah. So my grandparents bought it for me for my birthday, like, maybe a year after I was really into Star Wars action figures. And I remember being, like, slightly embarrassed that they got me, like, a Star Wars action figure toy when, like, other kids were getting, like, footballs and stuff. And it was easily, like, one of the best gifts I ever got because I couldn't help myself and I just immediately went back to playing with action figures. Because you, like, you have that full shuttle, like, Return of the Jedi, that Imperial shuttle is so, like, the storylines that you could have around that, and just, as a kid, it was amazing, and I yeah. had every Star Wars action figure ever, but that, that was yeah. one of the best ones. That was, yeah. I remember, I remember you having it, actually. It was Oh, it's in the basement right now. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so we get into introduction of Padme. Um, she's obviously not great. We get the freeing of the prisoners. They take the ship. The ship is amazing. It's very cool. And you get the introduction of one of the greatest characters ever created, R2-D2. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> uh, I, I maintain R2-D2 is one of the greatest characters ever created. He's is, awesome. Is he amazing in the prequels, though? No, no, not okay, even close. Thank you. Yeah, not even close. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. R but R two D two like he is just like 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 in the originals like he's just like just the droid the droid like you, you I know C three PO and everything just but like force fed down your throats to be there yeah and he didn't need to be there he was just that uh what's more he was that forced connection that had to be there yeah and it's it's totally retconning um, Obi Wan saying like. I don't remember this droid or like I've never owned a droid in my life and it's like had anything in the literature the movies the TV shows have shown the last thing that Obi-Wan would ever forget in a thousand years is R2-D2 so uh, you go through uh, they break through the blockade there's the uh, their damage in the blockade they need to land at Tatooine all in all that entire sequence up until that point in the movie Pretty solid. I, I would. I yeah. I, I don't. I don't hate it whatsoever. I, I was gonna say. I you know there are points that could it, be better. It's kind of like lazy that like oh like. No, I wouldn't say it's lazy. I wouldn't say it's lazy. It's just it's just like plot requires them to land in Tatooine. No, I no. I think that's a fair plot. You think? Yes, I do. I genuinely, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Luke and. Uh, Anakin coming from the same planet, it makes sense. Because Anakin needs to um, have those parallels with Luke and how Luke turned out different. So I'm okay with that one. Um, they they land in Tatooine looking for repairs and they meet up with Watto, who is another one of our racial caricatures. Would you like to do a, a slight Watto impression? Uh, I'm a Trendarian! Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh. Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Only money. Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say that straight up. That is not okay. We Hysterical, <laughs> I might add again. But not okay. That is it's, the most. It is funny at how wildly unokay it is. It really and is. Uh, yeah. Once we've acknowledged that, we can uh, we can move on. He is hysterical. 
He is a The trunk gets me every single time. <laughs> just like his little, his little get, wings. He's a tiny he's a fucking fat ass yeah, body. Oh, yes, his little yeah, wings. Absolutely. Oh my god. It's just, it, he's just. The, uh, yeah, he's, it's just. Uh, I agree with the, I like the world building that um, Trudarians legitimately aren't affected by Jedi mind tricks. I like that idea. I like that there are races that, like, Force doesn't affect I think that it's cool, because that was the first, like, oh, since Jabba, that was the first, like, like, oh, Jedi mind tricks, like, don't work on me. Like, he's smart enough to be like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm totally here for that. Uh, we get our introduction of um, one of the most disappointing like introductions I've ever seen is the introduction of little Anakin. Uh, so let's talk about little Anakin. What we'll talk about Anakin the character as a whole. My argument. Why is he eight? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it boils. Down. Why is he, why, why is he that's, that young? That that's what it boils down to. I maintain what the storyline should have been in in my humble opinion which isn't humble this is what it should have been uh he should have been 14 15 years old agreed he should have been an accomplished pod racer agreed which would have made 10 times more sense if he was 15 16 and they're like oh my god he's so young but he's so good but he, but he lost. Eight, he's still lost, you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Like, he's lost a couple, though, but yeah. he's still really good. Yeah. That, he's coming, like, he's, second He's kind of, like, young, but he's scrappy. Yeah. He's got a little bit more angst to him. Uh, it would have filled in the blanks for why the Jedi Council would have been more... Even more, like, so, like, just, like, yeah. we can't oh, take this kid. Like, he's like, so he's old right now. too old. Yeah. That, yeah, that would have made a thousand times more sense. Yeah. Uh, having... Um, Qui-Gon relate to him much more as being this like raging youth and having Qui-Gon understand that the the will of the force is different from the way the will of the Jedi Council I think that that would have been a thousand times better and then you have and this is an overarching thing for the prequels as a whole but if you have Anakin who plays Lancelot who is the greatest knight that the Jedi have ever seen. He's amazing. And then he falls from grace. That's ten times more powerful than he's an angsty eight-year-old, he's an angsty 20-year-old, he's an angsty 22-year-old. Yeah. It's just Anakin as a character was handled so poorly. Not kind of poorly, like horrifically so. And when you have a much more tortured Darth Vader... You have a much more understandable Darth Vader if he was the greatest knight and then he ends up becoming the blackest knight and then you have Lucifer. And that's a thousand times more interesting and more compelling than what uh, we what, what we, what we were given. Yeah, and yeah. then obviously you have um, Obi-Wan play Arthur and that's great. That's a great storyline. Right yeah, you, you nailed the analogy. Like mm-hmm. He is supposed to be that Lancelot character. Uh, it, and he, and he, like, he breaks the code of honor, like Lancelot does, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Arthurian, um, legend, legend, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, and it would, it would have been good that way. We just got a much, like, it, it was just such a, le- like, letdown of, like, major proportions that, like, I don't think the audience, once they, fi- they saw Anakin, I think they just, like, like, Complete, voided, yeah. voided out of the movie completely until 
fate, Duel Fates game. I think Duel Fates like saved it a little bit because mm-hmm. of how awesome it was. I but like, and I should probably say this. I don't think that as a child actor, I don't even think that Jake Lloyd is that bad. No, like for a child actor, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Like they, you, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, you compare him to um, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, in the first Harry Potter movie. I disagree with you though I would I would argue that they're <laughs> fairly comical no. but the character is written that way which is Jake Lloyd yeah. is not written to be that character he's got a lot harder lines to deliver than Daniel Radcliffe did and it worked out for Daniel Radcliffe and it didn't work out for Jake Lloyd I agree with that and that's kind of where I land where it's I don't think it was his fault I think it was just poor writing if you aged up Anakin you add that alone if you just make Anakin 15 in that movie, I would argue right away you've probably bumped up that movie 15-20% for its capacity of being good. I, I completely agree. I think what they wanted to do, because you know that gap between uh, Phantom Menace and um, Attack of the Clones, obviously? Yeah. They just wanted the legend of these two like uh people obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker mm-hmm. going throughout having adventures mm-hmm. that we don't even know about that but they wanted that like the gun legend darks. baby <laughs> exactly the gundarks or like whatever whatever thing that we never even got to see basically yeah. we like had to like like i don't know just deal with like they they wanted to have something through like to like push like the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin further by having an elongated relationship basically mm-hmm. whereas like if you make them 15 like probably like you'd have to start the Clone Wars probably three years after Phantom Menace I would say if you made them th- uh, 15 uh, I would say which I think is enough time I'm not saying that yeah, it's I was not gonna like say, three to five years uh, the issue is that there wouldn't be enough age difference between uh, young or uh, they made Obi Wan way too young. Yeah, as Obi Wan and Anakin, but that's one of the things I'm gonna be okay with because Ewan McGregor is perfect as Obi Wan Kenobi. Perfect. Period. Question. Yes. I kind of wanted to see Obi Wan with Ewan McGregor's like natural Scottish accent. I know it's not right because Alan Guinness, like Alec Guinness, yeah. Um, no, I like his I like his forced English accent too much. I do. I I I am mildly. I, love that. I, am, I know, like it, it it's fantastic. I love that. But I love his Scottish accent. His Scottish accent is wonderful, and I would I would argue that the Scottish accent is probably better than the English accent, but I have a little bit of a man crush on Ewan McGregor, and I. Mentally, it's with the English accent. It's it's with the it's it's with the Obi Wan Kenobi. It is with yeah. the Obi Wan Kenobi accent. Fair enough, fair enough. But like I, I I just imagine that sometimes because he does have an excellent natural Scottish accent Absolutely. that I think is still elegant. Mm-hmm. But like obviously, like, in, a, in a different way. In a different way. Obviously, you have to go like like keep going with like mm-hmm. the natural like like good English like yes uh, yes of course of course yes. So and, um, and he does a per- and Ian McGregor is such a good actor that he does like Obi Wan to a T like it's 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 perfect what he does it is in the prequels like th- there's not a flaw with Obi Wan I I don't think besides his lines but like no one like we'll get into it I, maybe I even think another time with I would argue that his lines are f- granted I should probably clarify I didn't 
excuse me, I didn't make it through the entirety of the Clone Wars. I couldn't even bear to begin to get through. <laughs> I made it about twenty minutes in, and it's so beyond awful. But let's let's keep it at Phantom Menace for now, as we keep. We're we're obviously getting into bigger worlds and stuff. But um, I, we're straying deeper and deeper into Revenge of the Sith. So let's try and bang out Phantom Menace. We get, I, my biggest criticism for Phantom Menace is that I think that if you cut the pod race and it's maybe a <laughs> 10 minute sequence, maybe a 15 minute sequence. Oh in its my entirety, God, it's so much of it in the movie. If you cut that to maybe five minutes totally awesome and there were so many ben-hur references and ben-hur is amazing it's a great movie but if you cut that down to size of like five minutes of the movie i think people would have ate it up i think it i think I, I i think people like because it was like kind of exciting mm-hmm. it was just like like drawn out it was really it was out. like it's also, drawn it's, out to, yeah, like, it's drawn out they did all three laps just like like uh, it was and it was like so. The first lap seemed like an age. Like it seemed yeah, so it long. Was, yeah. Um. And then the aliens, a part of it, were just like comical. Like they weren't yeah. like some of them were actually good aliens. Samosa. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Paul was here. I I, I I wish you did a solid, our friend. You did a solid. You did a solid version. Though. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wish our our good friend Paul was also here. He does a superb. <laughs> I can't do it as well as he does, but you know the character I'm talking about. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Everyone knows that character. He's got goggles. <laughs> just goggles and he gets absolutely wrecked. Yep. That's another thing. The, the violence of the pod race was awesome too. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was drawn out too long and we had just like, just the young Anakin just like, no yeah, one cram a couple of Tusken Raiders in there. Just oh for, my God. Just for fuck's sake fuck's sake just like shoot at them and yeah. just like yeah yeah you, you had to introduce the tuscan raiders just at least at least a little bit and that's uh yeah i i, I think a pod race you cut the pod race down to size you if anakin was older would have been a 10 out of 10 i think it would have been really good the um the conflicting bets and gambles that Qui-Gon has with Watto is insane. Is terrible. It is so bad. We need to note how bad that is where it's kind of confused. Yeah. For the boy <laughs> Red is mama. Like that, like like I just Uh which brings up the other question, which is um Qui-Gon and Shmi. They had they, a thing. Are, are, yeah, I was gonna say they be banging. They they, 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 they they had something. I I, I, I think Qui-Gon had affinity towards both Shmi and Anakin. And I think that him as a Jedi We should probably we should probably clarify that his uh his his need for Shmi was sexual. His need for Anakin was uh Yeah, the, the, yeah the, <laughs> the affinity I'm talking about is that their relationships like they're they're different in that sense. I'm just saying they were still close. Yes, he he liked his mom and he was willing to accept his stepchild. I yes, and I and I think that <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I do. I just gotta make fun of you for it. Fair no, I um I also I I think he was sad that Shmi that Shmi didn't uh, go with them. I that's what I was that was the point that I was trying. Yeah, to make. and the um the immaculate conception story of 
I think that's bullshit. I really think it's. I, I think it's like a Jesus reference that I don't really. It's like not. That I think it is a Jesus reference. Yeah. I genuinely think that it would be a better storyline if Qui Gon knocked up Shmi and then Anakin was the result. And if you cut Anakin from Phantom Menace and you just have like a one night stand between Qui Gon and Shmi, and Anakin is the result, and Obi Wan finds him in Clone Wars as a 15, 16 year old. And is like, oh my god, this is Qui-Gon's son. I need to train him because Qui-Gon was like a father to me. Incredible. That's an amazing storyline. That is actually an amazing storyline. Yeah. We don't get that. <laughs> the, we don't it's get why, that. It's why Phantom Menace had potential but wasn't great. Because, you know, it's we have like five to six points. George Lucas, with his all his just like... Like his like brilliance and but also weirdness in his head just really was focused on the midichlorians and he wanted it like the force to have like its own meaning that we didn't really need i i'll get into this in a dozen different episodes i so we're talking about magic systems and this applies to pretty much every fantasy writing ever what's the best magic system i so i'm a big fan of tokenian magic systems. that it just yes that it just doesn't like it, it, it just is it's Fucking magic. It's just, we don't understand it. We don't need to understand it. I have it. a one plus uh, energy and a, yeah, I, and a two plus yeah, no, like fire no. energy. And, and it's, it's just like Sanderson does a pretty good job. No, I, system, I, um, we will get this in another episode <laughs> when we talk about Brandon Sanderson's I, books. Yes, yes, I I'm a book behind. Hey, yeah, yeah, you are a book behind. You gotta catch up. Yep. I fucking hate that guy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, and I, but I love him and I hate him. But like his recent books with the, his magic system is fucking bullshit. <laughs> the force should be the force. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's that's my thing. Is that the force is this mystical, undefinable source in the uh, originals, and that's the way it should be, and that's what mystified people is. You had this. Western storytelling with this Eastern mysticism in the originals, and that's what makes a brilliant story. And not that that's the only recipe for a brilliant story, but that's a really cool story. Wheel of Time. Watch it on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's book probably going to be out on Amazon Prime by the time we release this episode. Actually, it is. Funnily enough. Yep. Um, same so, idea though. Yeah, but yeah, it's I like an undefinable magic system. I like that Tokinian Gandalf. It has a power. You don't define that power. You don't say he has fire and he can only control fire. It is he is stronger with fire, but it's never quite leveled as uh, you know Gandalf might be able to defeat Sauron, but he's forbidden to directly interfere. So you're never quite sure. That's what they should have stuck with, with the freaking Force. What are Metachlorians? It's so dumb. It's, it's like, so dumb. Like, when, whenever you give, like, magic a measurement, you're like a defined to... mathematical measurement, yep. it's just disgusting. You're me. already wrong. Yes. The instant you're trying to do that. Anakin is stronger because he's just stronger with the Force. Anakin. Like, just leave it at that. Darth Vader is stronger because he is stronger. And you can have Luke and Anakin be equal strength, but then you have Anakin be Darth Vader, and he has to use half of his Force strength to keep himself alive. So, therefore, Luke is stronger. Yeah, it, it, it's easy. It's, it's easy. It, yeah, you really don't have to get anything. Like, it's... I. 
And I, to the Dun- Dungeons and Dragons uh, fans here, I I like Dungeons and Dragons, but the um, point system, uh, like with everything about that, I just I I don't like how it's affected. A it, little bit. I with so, literature. Yes, I would probably agree with that, and uh, I I I enjoy my Dungeons and Dragons. I do not. I do not like the way it has affected popular culture in that everything needs to be quantified. Everything doesn't need to be quantified. That's my thing. I like like old mythology. Why can Zeus turn into a swan? Because Zeus can turn into a swan. That's why. He's a freaking god. He's a god. He's a god. Yeah, and that's... I I think we're just agreeing too much on the Metachlorian thing. I don't think we're going to get a huge... uh, We're we're not going to get an answer. I just needed to address that because I am aggravated. It is an actual annoying thing. I think it would have been better, even if... Because we had this mysticism, this such great thing that we have from the originals, where, like, the Force was just this, like, just this amazing phenomena that only a few, like, sp- like people had yeah. in the universe. And it's just this, it, it is this untapped resource. It's this, it's this fundamental part of life that it flows through us. It's one of us, but we don't quite understand it, and it's these few people that just kind of learn to be attuned to this. It's like a and note in a song that no one else can hear. And I love that. I think that that is so powerful and profound. And when you try and quantify it with you literally have Qui-Gon doing like a diabetes blood test on Anakin. And it's, it's, where, sci- it's where science and math just like go wrong. Just let yeah. it... Let, let it be by itself. Let it, it let it be part of it. There is such a thing as wonder and dreams, and it can't always be quantified, and that's the way it fucking should be in the story. Agreed. All right. So then we move on to um, uh, Anakin wins the pod race. Uh, he's freed. His mother's not freed. We get to... That's not a terrible plot point. I kind of like the idea of Shmi not being able to leave, and that's... One of the few of good things about An- Attack of Clones is Shmi not leaving, and then... We'll get to it, but like the Tuscan Raiders capturing Shmi and yeah, like all that. Uh, no, I it's think a good that, plot point. I, I was gonna say I think it's a good point in Anakin's psychology of his whole thing is he's trying to protect people, um, but he can't. But he can't, and that's what drives him crazy. And I I agree with that. I think that's a very valid point. But I think it would be a much better point if he was older. So moving on, um, we go back. To court, uh, uh, or I shouldn't say go back, but we visit. Oh, wait, wait, you're forgetting a big scene, though. We have the fight with Darth Maul. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we did. No, we talked about that before. I think that's incredible. And the acrobatics that you see, oh my god, that would have absolutely blown me away. I loved how tired Qui Gon Jinn was after the duel. I love that too. Because he's just like, oh my god, I just dueled with a Sith Lord. And he, he probably knew immediately. One of the best concepts any of you out there that are planning on writing a new franchise it is there is so much more emotional investment in a fight that's hard between two individuals versus an individual versus a thousand plebs i'm gonna pretend like i haven't re-recorded this ad 15 times hi i'm ben hunt i hate to interrupt your lovely podcast experience with this ad, but I'm going to anyway. Why? Because Anchor needs me to. So I'm really never going to advertise for anything that I don't believe in, and 
Anchor, I actually believe in. So Anchor is an app or a website that allows me to do everything I need to for the podcast. It allows me to record and edit right from my phone or my computer. It also allows me to distribute my podcasts on every listening platform you can think of, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, even Stitcher. So basically, it's a one-stop shop for everything you need in a podcast. And best of all, it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening to the Enlightened Podcast. We are brought to you by Anchor, a subdivision of Spotify specifically for podcasting. Not only can we be found on Spotify, we can also be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or frankly, anywhere you can find a good podcast. We can also be found on Instagram and Facebook. We're working on getting a Snapchat together. And in the meantime, you can DM us any questions, thoughts, concerns, or just a review. We've gotten more than a couple so far, and they've been overwhelmingly positive, not to brag, but we're pretty happy about that. So if you have any other thoughts or opinions, please feel free to let us know. And in the meantime, like and subscribe for more content.